Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD. Welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. This is a show designed with you in mind. The goal is to inform and inspire you to a healthier, happier, and more inspired lifestyle. I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD, and as always, it is my pleasure spending time with you on this broadcast with the goal that you may learn something that may take your health and your life to a higher level. I do want to thank you for joining me once again this week, and I really appreciate your continued support as this show continues to grow. Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD is syndicated and available in various markets. For more details and show listings, please go to my website at drdianethompson.com. And while you're there, please sign up for updates. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. We have a very active community over there on Facebook, and I'd love to hear your comments and uh, anything that you want to share with us there. And, of course, you can always find health articles, inspirational information, and there are episodes of the past shows uh, found on that Facebook page. So please come on over. And I'm on Twitter, and the handle is at Dr. Diane MD. I do have to remind you that the information provided on this broadcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended for diagnosis or treatment. Please seek the advice of your healthcare provider before making any changes to your health. All right, so as we continue to bring some awareness to breast cancer, we know that a diagnosis of breast cancer is often very devastating for a patient as well as her family. And it can be a time of confusion when it comes to deciding on treatment. Well, to help me highlight some of the available treatments for breast cancer diagnosis is my guest today, and she's Dr. Julian Rollin. Dr. Rowland is a board-certified surgeon with over 18 years of experience. Her focus is on breast surgery to help women diagnosed with breast cancer. She offers patients a type of radiation treatment called intraoperative electron radiation therapy, as well as a surgical procedure, oncoplasty, and we're going to learn more about those procedures. She's an internationally known speaker and lecturer, and she has acted as a consultant to breast centers throughout the United States and Europe. Dr. Ireland, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and you know, as I mentioned before, not only are women dealing with the devastating diagnosis of breast cancer, but they're expected to be active in participating in coming up with the best treatment plan for themselves. And I wonder if you would share with us the various treatment options for breast cancer and what should women consider before choosing one over the other? Okay. Um, first of all, I always like to tell my patients to take a deep breath. And secondly, do not panic. This is not a panic situation. Your breast cancer has likely been in your breast for the past several years, 
And it's not going to do anything in the next couple of weeks while we work you up and decide what the best plan is for you. So this is not something where you have to run out and get to surgery tomorrow or else. Far from it. So the most important thing is is we have to figure out what's best for that patient and what's best for, for you personally. The two surgical options for breast cancer removal is to do a mastectomy where the breast cancer or the breast is completely removed or to do a lumpectomy and that's always followed by radiation. With a lumpectomy we remove the breast cancer and a rim of healthy tissue around it and then about a month after surgery we give radiation. And that's where that whole thing is changing quite a bit. The most important thing I want my patients to understand is the survival, whether you choose to have a mastectomy or a lumpectomy with radiation, is exactly the same. Whether or not the breast cancer returns underneath the skin after a mastectomy, that chance of happening is 3%, and the chances of a breast cancer regrowing after a lumpectomy and radiation is between 1% and 5%. So the numbers for both survival and recurrence to the breast are the same. Wow, that's actually great information. So I'm, I'm very happy that you the advice you gave is not to panic because you're right. Once someone receives that kind of diagnosis, the first thing they want to do is act on it yesterday and get it out and they do go into panic mode. So I am glad that you do remind patients that don't panic really. I mean, I think that's the great advice. And I think for a long, long time, uh, people have believed that the survival was different because the idea that perhaps removing the entire breast will be a higher survival than if they were to simply take out the lump. So I'm glad you clarified that for us. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. How much does the stage or type of cancer play a role in determining the treatment option? Well, actually, how much does the tumor biology take effect in terms of how we treat the breast cancer? So what I tell everyone is there are essentially four families of breast cancer. Two of them are rather vicious, and two of them are fairly well-behaved. The really vicious breast cancers, because they are more likely to spread, those women would be tagged for, you need chemotherapy first. And we need to shrink this down and we need to get this under control. When we talk about survival for breast cancer, it's not about what happens in the breast. It's about that breast cancer that leaves the breast and goes somewhere else. Metastatic disease the spread of cancer to other parts of the body is what causes women to die. They do not die from breast cancer in their breast. We now know how to figure out which of those cancers need to be treated with chemotherapy, which is life-saving, because it's going to destroy those cells and prevent them from spreading. And some women need that chemo first. The other women can have a lumpectomy or a mastectomy because their cancer doesn't need chemotherapy right away because they tend to be a little bit slower growing, and they may never need chemotherapy. They may need to be put on a pill. So knowing what the tumor biology is 
tells us so much more about how a woman is going to do with her breast cancer treatments. All right. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. And my guest today is Dr. Julian Ryland, who is a breast surgeon. And uh, information on Dr. Julian may be found at drjulian.com. So now we know that women are sometimes diagnosed with breast cancer uh, during their childbearing age. And I wonder, for such a woman, how different should she approach treatment compared to, say, an older woman, if this woman wants to preserve her ability to have children? Ah, so what I do is we send them to a reproductive endocrinologist who will talk to them about harvesting their uh, eggs for future fertilization and get them all plugged in before we even start treatment. Again, we want to do that. If that woman needs chemotherapy, we'll want to do that. And we'll, we'll hold off on the chemotherapy until after we've harvested enough eggs for future implantation. And that's okay because, again, remember, this cancer's been there for a while, and we have a little bit of time to get our ducks in a row and make sure that we don't have, you know, five years later we have a woman who's healthy and cancer-free, but we've destroyed her ability to have children. That would be a bad thing. So we have time to do those things. Uh, the other thing that's important to understand is just several years ago, a new study was published which said 15,000 women of childbearing years under the age of 40 were studied for how their survival was if they had a lumpectomy with radiation compared to mastectomy. And even in that younger population, there was no difference in survival whether a woman removed her breast or kept it. Good information. Now let's turn to looking at radiation. So some women will have radiation treatment, and um, there are different types of radiation in the treatment of breast cancer. Can you talk about that a little bit? Okay. The standard is six weeks of radiation, 20 minutes a day, five days a week. The first five weeks radiate the whole breast, and then the last week is boosting, just giving a dose of radiation to the area where the breast cancer was. This is given to women who've had a lumpectomy. We've now, because so many women struggle with that six-week sentence, essentially, uh, we've now looked at ways that we can deliver that radiation, give the same amount of radiation, but in different methods. So there's a balloon that can be inserted into the area where the breast cancer is, and then those women keep the balloon in for five days. They get radiation twice a day through little feet. There's also a new thing called intraoperative radiation, and that's what I do. That's where we, after we take out the breast cancer in the operating room, we wheel in a radiation machine and we treat the area where the breast cancer was. And we can give either a boost, that five days worth, we can give in one minute, or we can give the entire dose in two minutes. Then we close up the skin, and the patient's done with all of her surgery and radiation treatment in one day. That's interesting because I have not heard a lot about this intraoperative electron radiation therapy. So are there particular women that are better candidate? Is it that only certain areas in the United States? Like why is it not a very common thing? It seems like it would be a great option for some women. Yes, it's really very popular in Europe. And they have been doing studies and have data, mature data, with elect using electrons. And they've been doing it for about 15 years. It's been 
getting a foothold in the United States, and there are several different ways of giving this radiation, several different forms. One is electrons, which I do, and then the other one is low voltage x-rays, which I don't do because I don't think it's as good. And I'm going to say that right out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. But when the reason, and, and there's a lot of reasons, and some of them are economic, some of them are political, so we don't really want to go there. But we want to talk about what's important with who can have these treatments. We're being very strict about making sure we pair the right radiation with the right patient. And right now, the patients who are over 60 who have stage 1 or stage 2 breast cancer with well-behaved cancers, we talked about those well-behaved ones, those women are excellent candidates for single-dose radiation. Two minutes in the operating room and they're done. For women who are younger or have a bigger breast cancer or have a more aggressive breast cancer, we would recommend doing a boost of radiation in the operating room. The benefit there is I just took that cancer out. I know where the surrounding tissue is. I don't have to guess by looking through the skin. It's right there in front of me. I can bring my radiation machine and say, here, I want to treat this area. This is where there may be some cancer cells still hiding out. We're going to treat it right now. And then we follow that with whole breast radiation, which can either be three weeks or five weeks. And for those women that we've actually done studies to see how they do with the boost in the operating room, followed by whole breast radiation afterwards, we compared those women to the women who get six weeks of standard radiation, and their breast cancer recurrences in the breast are significantly less. So we really think that we, for the right person, we are actually doing a better job by doing radiation in the operating room. Well, I hope more people will learn about this because this seems that it may be beneficial for patients. So what we're going to do, we're going to take a short break for our sponsors. And when we get back, we will talk about a procedure that Dr. Rowland does, and it's called oncoplasty. And we'll see if this is a procedure that you should consider. So we will be right back. For the best in inspirational health information, listen to Health Talk with Dr. Dan, MD, every Thursday from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane, MD, for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Welcome back. If you are just joining us, you're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD, and I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson. My guest today is breast surgeon, Dr. Julian Ryland, and Dr. Ryland practice includes intraoperative electron radiation therapy, as well as something we're about to talk about called oncoplasty. And by the way, if you want more information on Dr. Ryland, you can go to her website at drjulian.com. That's D-R-J-U-L-I-A-N-N.com. All right, Dr. Ryland, so you practice a procedure called oncoplasty, not something I've heard of a lot. What is this? Oncoplasty is where we combine two things. We remove the cancer, first and foremost, that's the most important, 
And then in the process of removing the cancer, we actually lift up the breast and use used incisions that a plastic surgeon would use if he were going to give a woman a breast lift because she thought she was too droopy or that, that uh, she wanted to have her breasts reconstruct, not reconstructed, but recontoured to make them perkier. And who would be great candidates who would be not such a good candidate for this procedure? Uh, I do oncoplasty on all my patients unless they tell me they don't want it. Uh, so, so in my practice, um, even patients who are overweight, have diabetes, are smokers, I may choose a little bit easier oncoplastic procedure to make sure that they don't have problems with skin and wound healing. But I would still do make incisions where they don't, when they're done with their surgery and they're done with their treatments, they may have an incision around the areola where the nipple is, but they don't have any cuts on their skin. And so when they look in the mirror, they don't see scars. They just see their breasts. And if they want me to lift them up, we can do that too. I have patients in their 60s, 40s. 30s, 40s, 50s, all the way up to 80, who say, yeah, that would be great. I would love to have a lift. So this is really more so about looking great after the procedure anyway. Exactly. When I have women who come in and they're devastated, first and foremost, they're worried about, am I going to live? Yes, you are. Most likely you will live. Breast cancer survival rates are wonderful. Now, the next question is, is why, if you're going to live a long time, why do you want to look in the mirror every day and be reminded because you have a deformity in your breast because we just took the lump out and then after radiation it got scarred and it started to look funny and now it doesn't look like a nice breast anymore. Why would you want to do that and live like that for the rest of your life? To me, making these special incisions is it takes another 45 minutes to an hour of my time in the OR. But when I'm done and that woman has a lifted breast, I also lift the other breast. And so now I tell my patients they're not going to look like twins, but they're going to look like sisters. And for most women, they don't have breasts that look like twins anyway. So, but we lift them both. We lift them both up. We get them so that they're similar in size and shape, and then they can go forth. And they their bras fit better. They feel like I've got several of my patients that go braless. I have this 84 year old woman who says, "I went without a bra at the mall the other day." <laughs> <laughs> so. So they're thrilled because, because they, I got rid of the extra skin. That's what causes that ptosis or that drooping that women get as we age. So we have extra skin. If I can remove that skin and tighten things up, then that breast is going to be perkier. Nobody's going to see where the breast cancer has been removed because in the process of putting that breast together, I fix the defect where the cancer was. Does this in any way prolong the recovery? Every once in a while, I'll have a woman who doesn't heal at the bottom of her incision, and then I have to wait a couple of weeks before we start radiation. But that's pretty rare. Just have to do the right job on the right patient. Um, the other thing that's important is there are so many women out there who are getting breast reductions, and there were studies that were done that showed that with women who have had a breast reduction with their breast cancer operation, there are no differences in how their mammograms are viewed down the road. So those women don't tend to have more biopsies or more problems with their mammograms statistically compared to women who have a breast reduction surgery in for, for a non-cancerous reason. 
And, you know, as I said to you, this is not something that, uh, I mean, when I do go to breast cancer sites, just looking for information, just in general to educate the public, I don't necessarily see this quite often. So why is it not more common and why aren't more surgeons offering this to their patients? That's a really good question. And, and I've taught several classes and I teach surgeons how to do this. I lecture on this. The lectures are always well attended. I don't, I don't know if it's because the breast surgeon is, is worried that they're going to have a complication. And so, they, you know, we get into our, our routines and we're kind of afraid, if this works for me, why would I want to do something different? It may not work. So I think that that might be a problem. I know that sometimes the plastic surgeons are very concerned that, well, gee, if, if the breast surgeon does this, then I won't have any work to do. Well, my thought is, is a lot of my patients are never going to go to a plastic surgeon. They're going to just keep their defect and they're going to be sad about it and they're not going to talk about it. But if I can fix it right off the bat and make it look nice, then they don't need a plastic surgeon after that. And so there's kind of a, it's a little bit of a, a, a perhaps a turf battle. I have surgeons telling me that, that their facility at the hospital they work with at home, the plastic surgeons won't let them do it. So it's really unfortunate because every breast surgeon should be thinking about what will this woman's breast look like in a year, two years, three years? Because how we look is really important to us. And it also affects our feelings of well-being and how, our, how we look at the future. Having to be reminded of a time when you were sick or you, you were scared because you look in the mirror and you see this scar, um, that doesn't make any sense to me. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. You're listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D., and my guest today is breast surgeon Dr. Julian Rowland. You can find out more about Dr. Rowland at her website at drjulian.com. Now, we're talking about breast cancer treatments, and we're just highlighting oncoplasty, which is one of the things she does. And I wonder, what about a woman having this procedure and then she has to have follow-up mammogram? Is there any impact on that? Generally not. Sometimes we can get women, after a reduction surgery, they will have what's called fat necrosis where some of that breast tissue will die. That happens often in any woman who has a breast reduction. The radiologists are quite used to what that looks like on a mammogram, and therefore they see that and say, okay, it's it's obviously fat necrosis, it's not a breast cancer coming back. So generally, no, there are not a lot of problems with future mammograms after oncoplasty. Again, one of the things you do is this intraoperative electron radiation therapy, and you also do oncoplasty. And so for a woman who comes in having these treatments done, do you have any data on uh, breast cancer recurrence? No. Uh, The only thing I can say about 
the advantage to, to oncoplasty. So there is no data that women who have oncoplasty have an increase in recurrence in the breast. And that's the thing to remember is that there's recurrence to the rest of the body, which is metastatic disease, but then recurrence to the breast can be a regrowth either of the old cancer or a new breast cancer that can develop. That's still very rare in a woman after a lumpectomy with radiation. And I quoted that earlier where I said it was between 1% and 5%. So really a very, very small number. When I do oncoplasty, because I have the breast essentially opened up, I'm not working through this little incision that doctors oftentimes say, well, I'll make a little incision, it won't be so noticeable. It's noticeable, you see it every time. But when I make my incisions, I have the breast all the way sort of uncovered, and so I can get my hand all the way around the cancer, and I can really take out a pretty large margin around where that cancer is, and my chances of leaving any cancer cells behind are actually lower. They found that when, when doctors do oncoplasty, their rates of re-excision going back to the operating room and taking more tissue because they missed something are much lower than when they do the standard lumpectomies. And certainly in my practice, you know, right now there's a, oh, a couple of years ago there was a big to-do because the rates of re-excision, doctors going back to the operating room because they didn't take out enough tissue on the first cancer operation, was anywhere between 10% and 70%. So women in some parts of the country were going back to the operating room quite often. My institution has been watching me very closely, and my rates of re-excision are 5%. So because I'm able to see the cancer, I'm not trying to take out this tiny little piece of tissue because I'm fixing my holes and, and making that breast look nice. I don't have to make those tiny things, and I have much better re-excision rates. Uh, I'm sure many women out there who are hearing about uh, this procedure for the first time uh, would love to know more about it. So I encourage them to visit your website at drjulian.com to find out more. Now, my final question for you, and it's usually a tip of the week, for a woman who's diagnosed with breast cancer and, or facing recurrence, we know that this is usually a devastating diagnosis and a time of confusion for many, many women. So what is the most important tip you would give her as she goes through this process? Okay. The best thing I can tell her is today, we have so much more information and we gather so much more information about that woman's personal individual breast cancer that we are now able to look at exactly how it behaves and to tailor her treatment based on the behavior of those cancer cells. Before we just kind of lump them into, you got breast cancer, we're going to give you this because that's what we always do. Now we look at what's called the genomics of the breast cancers, where we can determine, it's, it's an expression of what drives this cancer, what makes it tick. And we can see along the way of a cell's lifespan how these cancers are working, and we know which drugs we can give them to, to stop it, to turn them off. And so for a woman especially who's facing recurrence, we need to find out, is her cancer now different than her original cancer? And oftentimes it is. They mutate. They change. They become resistant to the first treatments. Well, today, 
And, and this is just really new in the past several years. Today we can look at that woman with recurrence and we can study her cancer cells and then come up with a whole new plan based on how those cells are behaving today, not based on how they behaved when she first had her cancer. So to me, that's a huge bright spot and another opportunity to take a deep breath and say, we've got some answers. We have better answers today than we had just a few years ago. All right, Dr. Julian Rowland, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It was a pleasure spending time with you this morning. Wonderful. I know many of our listeners have learned a lot of information because I, too, uh, learned some new things about the treatment of breast cancer. And as I mentioned before, Dr. Julian Rowland may be contacted at her website at drjulian.com. I'll make sure that information is on my Facebook page so you can link directly to her site. Uh, I will leave you with a quote of the week. And that quote is, the more you praise and celebrate your life, the more in life there is to celebrate. Seems really simple. That's a quote by Oprah Winfrey. Again, I thank you for joining us. Please join us next week for more Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. And remember, as I tell you each week, your health is your wealth. So please do something healthy for yourself. Until next time, everyone, take good care. You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD on 1570 AM WIGO. Please tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the best in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, or would like to receive her ebook on stress, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drdianeathompson. Remember, your health is your wealth. So do something healthy for yourself. Have a great evening.